1: 33 degrees, 105 here on News Talk 830 WCCO. It's a Tech Talk Saturday. Eric Nelson in for Stevie T on his way back from Roseville, the extended high school uh, sports show today. So we'll get Stevie T back into the mix at 2 o'clock when Sports Saturday begins. Uh, J-Lo Jonathan Lowe, our studio coordinator in the newsroom, Al Shock. I'm Eric Nelson. Thanks for tuning us in. Doug Swinhart in the house. How you doing, Doug? Absolutely wonderful. I love this weather. You know what? They say 35, but it feels
2: warmer than that to me.
1: Yeah, the sun coming out makes a huge difference. A this nice morning, day. got up, went for a run. It was cloudy and cold and I thought, "Boy, I hope we lose that sun and we have"
2: it's- Popped right out. And,
1: and you know what? Maybe tomorrow we'll get lucky and get in the upper 40s, maybe scrape 50. How about that for March 1st? You know, I, I'm looking out at my bird feeder, and I'm
2: seeing Robins out there. <laughs> I've never seen them out this early the, uh, before. So maybe we're going into spring. Wouldn't that be lovely?
1: That would be awesome. Oh. I don't think too many people would uh, be unhappy with that. So uh, mid-40s, hopefully today and mid-40s tomorrow, uh, the thaw continues You're in the Twin Cities. If you want to call us here on Tech Talk, 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. So many things we can get into. Doug, we'll try to answer all of your questions. Uh, I've been looking at the tech headlines, Doug, this week, prepping for this show. Uh, One that I saw caught my eye, USA Today. Will there be a point in time when we don't need passwords? That was what the article was about. Yeah, you know,
2: I've said for years that if we were all issued our own IP address, and now that we've got IP version 6, this could be done. It, that way, anytime you're on, you would have one particular code that would lock you into that IP address. And, but at that point, I think that we should be charged for the Internet for usage rather than having to have four or five accounts. I think it's coming. I think we're getting closer and closer to that point where we can make things more secure and still keep them very user-friendly. This has been a topic, top topic of Google and Microsoft and Apple and all the big companies for many, many years. The, the thing about security is the more secure it is, it's almost inevitably more complex for the end user. And the more complex for the end user well, the more chances there are for error. And there's been a lot of techniques over the years. The USB uh, flash keys that carry your your own little codes, that's a pretty decent option, but it's out of hand. I've really scaled down over the years, and i still got like 75 or 76 of them.
1: It's incredible. I I think most of us have password fatigue. I mean, I juggle a couple of jobs. You got, you got passwords for this one, passwords for the other one, passwords to get into your Gmail or whatever. And a lot of us are taking the easy way out and you know replicating one password, using it for others. What's your advice on that?
2: I think that that's really common. And as long as we're not using the exact same password for each login, you're okay. Uh, there's also been a recent surge in, in how to create passwords so they make sense. Now, at my place, I keep my Gmail, and your Gmail really is the only one that you have to remember, and I think you can leave that one alone. And then underneath my Gmail in my Google Docs, I just keep a simple page where I keep track of all my passwords. It's just a normal document. And I know that the password manager software people don't like hearing this, but I have trouble with them. I always have. The, the, so when they work, they're beautiful. If Anything goes wrong, or you have to reinstall your operating system. And today, a lot of people need a password manager that is cross-platform. You might have a Mac, you might have a, a Windows machine, and now of course Linux is gaining popularity. So now we're looking at three platforms. If we're logging onto those passwords, we have to have a password manager that can speak to every operating system available. So it's uh it's getting interesting. I think that Google is right on the forefront of this. Won't be long. They're already watching IP addresses. If I log into my email or my Gmail from an IP address that Google doesn't recognize, it sends me a, 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 an email saying, well, we got some activity. Was this you? Which I think is huge. Just watching those IP addresses is an enormous task, but they're doing it. So I think, uh, I think it's going to get easier real soon, probably in the next year.
1: Uh, The coronavirus has gone global. It's here in the U.S., small pockets. We had a death in Washington State today. Obviously, it's dominating headlines. Facebook says it's cracking down on misleading ads for products that falsely claim they can prevent or cure coronavirus. In the viral world, as we take in all this news and process it, some people tend to panic a bit. What, what would be your advice in that regard? Well you know this is this, it's a good thing that the internet
2: disseminates information as fast as it, as it does. The bad part about that is our legitimate news agencies are losing readership and losing the attraction of people. And I think that's wrong because they are checking double checking, triple checking and quad checking their sources and so their information is correct. The, the, the problem with, with Facebook getting information off that, that's giving the internet a reputation of, well, anybody can post anything. And somewhere along the line, you got to trust somebody. But I don't think people should be getting their news from Facebook. I, it's just too easy to pump up it. And here, this has been going on for almost a month now. And yes, Facebook has responded. But in a month, how many people saw these things? How many people fell for them? How many products were sold that are nothing more than snake oil? It's hard to tell. Hard to tell, and it's it's not a good thing. I'm not certain how they're going to monitor that and still keep the internet free. And we want the internet free. We do want it free.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh,
2: so that's um, that. You know, the free to put in the information you want, give your opinion. Um, anonymity isn't near what people think that it is. So uh, when you're on. You're going to be taking responsibility for what you blurt out in a, in a text or a speech or a, or a video, and it's going to be up there forever. So use your head. It's always a just common sense.
1: It is a Tech Talk Saturday, 112. You're on News Talk 830 WCCO. Always want your phone call, 651 989 9226. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. We'll go down to uh, the southern burbs, Apple Valley. Trish, you're on with the, uh, Doug on Tech Talk.
3: Hi, thank you for taking my call. Well, you're welcome. What's up? Okay, I have a couple weeks ago. I accidentally, when setting up a printer uh, to Wi-Fi, accidentally um, turned my 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 router back to the reset, the factory reset. Okay. So I had to have that reset up, and, and which is, I did. But once I did that, and then I set up my printer and my phone and everything to access, you know, it all accesses it. But my laptop now shows two of my Internet. It has a number two by my Internet name. So I have a, my, my, my SSID, and then there's a, my same SSID with a two next to it. Yeah, the- And I, I can log on to either one, but when I go to network sharing, uh, it shows you your active net- network. They're both there, but it will only let me access the one, and yeah. it only lists the one in, that, in the detail.
2: Right. Your, your best bet is to go underneath networking and find that adapter, and then look for the, for the saved Wi-Fis, and just get rid of them both and start fresh. Uh, you've got your Wi-Fi passphrase, and that'll clean it right up. Microsoft will save—in fact, almost all operating systems will save your connections— Well, when you put in the second one, even though it had a different SSID, it's got a different date when it was established. So it it actually copied another one. So you do have two, but I would just delete both of them and start fresh on the laptop, and it'll straighten you right out. And thank you for the call.
1: Yeah, we appreciate your phone call. Again, those numbers are 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. Uh, let's go to Wilmer, Western Minnesota. Rick, you're on News Talk eight three zero WCCO.
3: Hello.
2: Hi, Rick. Thank Do we you have
3: you? Oh, yeah. Okay. I've What's got up? Brother, uh, uh, laser printer. Okay. And uh, and and uh, it runs off a jet pack because we can't get the internet very well in our area where we live. Okay. And. It, 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 uh it just says it can't connect to the internet anymore and I don't know that we know that we did anything to disconnect it.
2: uh that makes- that's and the je- it, something has to have changed. Um, I'm not certain if you can go on your brother and check your panel on the panel there should be a, a setting where you can print your configuration page. And just see if something has changed there or if perhaps you have to delete it and start over. Uh, but once, once you have, especially with printers, once you've got that established, it's extremely rare that anything changes at the printer. But that's where you're going to need to start. Um, you're also going to want to take a look to make sure once you get that established, to go into your router or jetpack, if you can, and lock in that IP address for the printer. I think what might have happened is the printer was asleep or power down, and another device was attached to the network, and your DHCP server, which is generally your router, will issue IP addresses to the new device, and I think it gave the new device the IP address that was originally configured for the printer. That's generally the problem when something like this takes place. Uh, check that out, and hopefully that helps, and, and thank you so much for the call.
1: All right. Very good. Tech Talk will continue. It's one We'd love to hear from you. 651-989-9226. Jerry, Kurt, and Ann, we will get back to you when we return after the break. It's News Talk 830 WCCO. Double threes on the thermometer, 33 degrees. We could hit the mid-40s if all goes right weather-wise. You're on a Tech Talk Saturday, News Talk 830 830- WCCO, normally Stevie T uh, hosting this week's program, but he's out in Roseville. He's going to be here at 2 o'clock to uh, join me for Sports Saturday. I'm Eric Nelson. Thanks for tuning us in. And of course, the star of the show Tech Talk is Doug Swinhart. You can call us up at any time. 651- 989- 9226. We will go to the uh, Northwest Suburbs. Champlin. Jerry, you're on Tech Talk.
3: Hey, guys. Hi, Jerry. What's up? Hey, i got two quick questions. One concerns my wife had a Samsung update today on her phone when she did it. She lost all her passwords in her password saver. The thing is not backed up. This is like the third time it happened. I'm looking to find out, number one, do you have a suggestion for a backed-up password keeper for a phone? And then the second question is um, I had Windows 7 on my computer, and I had to give this thing up. I ended up buying a new computer so I could get Windows 10. But I had purchased a disk that had Office and all that stuff on it. And when I went to mm-hmm. reinstall to install that on the new computer, it doesn't work. And it was supposed to be that I had several downloads on this thing, or I could use it several times. Mm-hmm. But, and I've got the username and password, but it won't recognize it.
2: Yeah, the Samsung phone is an issue. I, I also have a Samsung phone. and. I have all my updates shut off, and I got one today as well. Uh, the saving of passwords on the phone is normally not a good practice. The best thing to do would be to go to play.google.com and see what they've got there for password savers. You may even be able to find something. Uh, sounds to me like her phone went like to a factory refresh, so she shouldn't have lost her passwords with a backup. I also would suggest that you call your provider and see what they would suggest. Um, If she's saving them all on there, I would also say if she's got a Gmail account, which she probably does, uh, to just put them in a doc and save them up under Google Docs. They're as safe there as any place on the planet. Uh, Your second issue, that's a little more complex. Um, Microsoft, when you got your Windows 10 machine, Microsoft thinks that Office marries itself to the operating system. And the fact that you bought um, possibly a, um, a version of Office that gave you more than one install, some gave three, some gave five, this was pretty common with the, with the student and home edition. And I'm not certain what's going on here. I've had multiple calls about this very same issue. And I can't find any information. It looks to me like Microsoft has just flipped a switch on their server and they're not honoring their deal with you. That's the way it appears. I, um, I don't have an answer. But if you give me a call next week, I might have a couple ideas that will help you with this office thing. And just um, Monday is going to be a zoo, guaranteed. Uh, you might want to make it Tuesday or Wednesday and call early in the morning. And I'll give you a number later. Uh, we'll get you taken care of. And thank you for the call.
1: I wish I had been more help. All right. Uh, we appreciate Jerry joining us here on Tech Talk. By the way, Doug, I did want to ask you, it's leap day. It only happens once every four years. It's, it's, not, it's not quite like Y2K was back in the day. Uh, but does it do anything to computers, phones, or do they just automatically adjust to February 29th? It's just going to just snap right in. You're, you're not going to no have concerns. an issue with that. No, not at all.
2: Uh, if if you unless you've got it set to manual and got your daylight savings time turned off in Windows, but nearly every computer, smartphones, you, I don't think you can connect to a carrier without this thing adjusting the time and date of your current location. So I don't think that's going to be an issue at all. But nah, nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about at all. By the
1: way, happy leap day to you. Thanks. Same to you. And to Jonathan Lowe. Indeed. And to Curt in Golden Valley, he's been waiting to talk to Doug Swinhart.
2: Hey, let's get him on. Hey, How's Kurt. It going? Hi, Kurt. What's going yeah, on? Can... Well, I'm still waiting for your two-hour show, but I guess that's not happening. There you go. Hey, you're my kind of guy. <laughs> what can I help you with?
3: Uh, I've got a HP Pavilion laptop, about two years old, running Windows 10. Mm-hmm. It's got an Intel I- uh, i5 processor. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that the fan is running, like, constantly. Like, it's working really hard. So it right is. Two, the task manager and found two things running at 24% eating up pretty much all of the CPU. One was service host, colon network service and the other was Microsoft OneDrive.
2: Yeah, you, uh, there's, um, <laughs> there's, there's some, uh, there's some strange things going on between Microsoft and HP. I, I, I can't get too deep into it on the radio, but, um, I know exactly what you're dealing with and there is several fixes um kind of lengthy I we won't have time to go into it on air uh, give me a call next week and I'll at least give you articles that you can take care of it yourself if you wish or we'll make a time when we can connect up remotely I uh, I'm I've, I've seeing a lot of this and it's um it's not a good thing I'm glad you caught it many people will run their computers until they get so hot they just shut down and start burning up and that's one thing we got to watch, got to take care of those microprocessors. And I, but I've got your answer. Uh, give me a call next week, and we'll definitely get you taken care of. And thank you for the call. And I hope your wait wasn't too long today. Have
3: a good weekend.
1: All right. Thanks, Kurt. We'll go down to Burnsville now. And you're on Tech Talk with Doug.
3: Hi Doug. Hi. Hi. Thanks for being there. Oh sure. Um, I have a strange issue with the latest issue or the latest uh, update from Windows nineteen oh nine. Okay. It installed just fine nineteen oh three before that, but now I'm getting a message that classic start menu needs or classic shell needs to reconfigure to configure itself to the new operating system.
2: Just tell it yes.
3: I did, but it won't let me. It okay, then you got then
2: you got to take another step. Okay. Classic shell. Uh, the gentleman who originally wrote that gave it up. He couldn't keep up. So it's been taken over by several American people, and it's now called OpenShell. If you go to Google and just type in OpenShell space, download, I'm quite certain it'll take you to SourceForge or uh, GitHub, and you can remove Classic Shell, reinstall OpenShell, and you're good to go. Uh, that shouldn't take you more than about 15 minutes, If you have a problem, send me an email or shoot me a call and we'll get you handled. But that will fix it, no doubt. And I'm glad to hear you're using that. I love that program. I was a little bit upset when uh, the gentleman who originally authored it decided he couldn't keep up, but it wasn't more than three days and there were four guys dedicating their time to this. So it's, um, it's well worth it. I love this thing, especially on desktops. And thank you for the call and have a good weekend.
1: All right, that was Ann in Burnsville. Uh, Let's head east, cross the St. Croix River. We'll stop in Hudson. Uh, Jerry, you're on Tech Talk.
3: Good afternoon. Hi. Hi. Well, I took your advice that you think Google is a safe product to use. So um, I now have an Android phone, and I'm using Google Photos to save my photos. Okay. And that's great. But I, before that, for a couple of years, I had an iPhone. So my iPhone photos are stored in the iCloud, mm-hmm. and you know, <laughs> there is no communication that I know between the two. So, is there any way to combine those? And then, of course, I've got thousands of photos from digital cameras, pre Google Photos, etc. So, I mean, well, I've we'll, got start, we'll start. We'll start with over. we'll
2: start with your iCloud. You can open up any web browser and go to iCloud.com and log in with your Apple account and simply download them to your computer. Once they're there, open up your Gmail account and shoot them up to the photos. Um, Same with the other photo programs. You can bring them into your pictures folder or just upload them to Google Photos. Depending upon how you took those photos, Google Photos will automatically suggest to you to lower the resolution and you're not going to see the, a quality difference. Or to save them in their natural format, which takes a lot more disk space. And it's your choice. But if you keep in mind now with a Gmail account, I believe you have 15 gigabytes of space. If you've got a relatively new camera, which you probably do, and the resolution and the megapixels is set way high, I've seen these babies put as much as six and a half megabytes, not megabits, megabytes. And it doesn't take long for these pictures to take a full gig or two. In fact, I got a computer in my house and gentleman is really big on pictures and movies. And um, I put him in a new solid state drive, a two terabit, by the way. And he had 300 gigabytes of pictures. That's a lot. It took almost four hours with a solid state drive to transfer them off of his old drive onto the new one. Um, And here I mentioned, you could slow, you could just kind of cool it down and, and let them scale down a little bit. You're not going to notice the quality, take much less internet bandwidth, much less disk space. Um, But he does a lot of editing too. So somewhere he needs to keep his originals. Now he's got a big drive and he can do that, but this is doable. If you have trouble with this, give me a call. It's usually 15, 20 minutes, and we're all phased up and have you on your
1: way. Thank you so much for the call. All right, that was Jerry and Hudson. Uh, right now it's 1.30. Uh, we will have more Tech Talk coming up. You can call us always at 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. We do have a couple of open lines. Love to hear from you. It's a Tech Talk Saturday on News Talk 830-WCCO. It's a Tech Talk Saturday. Doug Swinhart in the house. I'm Eric Nelson. It's one thirty six here on News Talk 830 WCCO. You can always text us at 81807 if you don't want to go on the airwaves. Maybe you're a little bashful. 81807 or call us 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. That, that previous caller was talking about Uh, Google and her allegiance to Google, uh, they certainly have broadened what they get into. Their fingerprints are all over, Doug. I know Google flights, I use them a lot when I'm looking for airfare. Absolutely. And I think it's one of the better uh, online travel options, in my opinion. It is. And I don't know if people really
2: have an understanding of everything Google has to offer. And there's a lot of chatter today about the tracking of our information and all these little bots running around that are that are putting scripts and websites and and they all point the fingers at well, what about Google and I say well that's true except for one thing Google gives back the free email the way they've developed the internet the storage the safety Google Chrome the rest of these guys don't give anything back they just take they use our bandwidth they use our machinery and it's ugly and so I something has to be done in that area. But as far as Google, I just think they have done much, much, much more for the internet and the end user and businesses. Uh, say, for example, uh, Google Suite. As a nonprofit organization, a church, a school, they can have as many accounts as they want for free. The schools are adopting this and it's just making for a wonderful, wonderful situation for not just the students and the and the teachers, but parents actually get a login to see how their kids are doing. And they get the same notices in their in their Google account as as the children get from the instructors, the teachers, and the schools. It's just it's really done right, I think. Really done right.
1: Yeah, you Google an icon out there and Silicon Valley, based in Mountain View, California. Indeed. 651 989 9226. 651 989 9226. You have a text, JLo. I know you want to read before we get to Russ in Big Lake. I got a couple texts here. Uh, we'll, we'll start with uh,
0: one or two. Uh, first of all, have you heard or have you had any experience with Cloud Ready from Neverware? It's a Chrome OS lookalike.
2: I have not, but I'm going to study that up. Uh, now, the backup systems, this is. um this is going to get to be, I think, a really, really large business, and it's growing. It came on 10, 15 years ago as a big business, got really competitive, and then it kind of died down. Um, sugar sink is big. Mosey, by the way, has been purchased by Carbonite, so I think there's room for this, and if I'm not mistaken, we've got one local I want to call. I want to say Sugar sink, but I'm not sure that's it. We've got one local here in the metro area that's doing a good job too. And I apologize. I I can't recall the name, but if it if it's a if it's a Chrome lookalike, that's good. Is that that tells me they're probably tied to Google. I, I'm going to check that out. That's excellent. Okay. Save that text.
0: All right. One more before we go to the call. Sure. Uh, what are your thoughts on VPNs? And what is your preferred provider of a a VPN?
2: Yeah, you know, this is also going to get to be a really, really big issue. And I think if you want to try a VPN, you're better off just to go and sign up with the Tor network. Costs nothing. And that is a user-based where people can actually contribute their bandwidth to make the Tor network work. Works with Linux, Mac, Windows. You simply download a browser follow the directions, fired up. And you're quickly going to see that when you're running your internet through a VPN, no matter what, it's going to slow it down somewhat. And people say, well, why do you need that? What are you hiding from? And I don't think that's the issue. It's more about getting the information that you wouldn't get otherwise. Say, for example, I am a Comcast subscriber and I go to Comcast to see what their latest deals are. Well, they know that I already got an account. They're not going to give me the same web page that they give some guy from Denver who is going to move here or Canada that's going to be moving here. And I understand that we're all about marketing, but um, those of us that have been on a contract for several years should be able to get the same deal as the new guys. And if we can't see it, then we can't call them up and say that's the deal I want. So there's a perfect example of where you might open up a Tor browser and That way they don't know where you are, they don't know where you're coming from, they don't know who you are, and you get the information like you're a brand new subscriber. That's just one example. There are many. So it isn't about just being a criminal and hiding your activities and that kind of thing. It goes way beyond that today. I think that it's good that people are asking these questions. If they've got their system set up properly, I don't think it's necessary. However, still should have it on your computer just in case you want to try it out. And my advice would be the tour, ne- the tour network. it's They're all about freedom, so.
1: Yeah,
2: be creative. And it's uh, U.S. bound.
1: It started right here, and you can trust them, and they're good folks. All right. Uh, let's go to Big Lake. Russ, you're on News Talk 830, WCCO Tech Talk.
3: Hello. Hi, Russ. Do we got you? Yep. Good. What can we help you with? I've got, like, a three- or four-year-old Microsoft book. With a one of the detachable screen, okay, slate, yeah. And a couple, like a week or so ago, I was moving some picture folders around, getting ready to put them all onto my external hard drive, and it just went black, shut off. won't we'll turn back on. There, I I
2: know what you're dealing with, and I have a fix. I just can't remember it. Um, send me an email and make sure in the subject line you put in uh, WCCO Saturday and put in uh, Microsoft uh, Slate or Book or whatever you got, and I'll know it's you, and I will send you the link. There's a series of buttons that you push after you charge your battery 100%, and it will come back to life, I believe. I, I I've seen this a lot, Uh, But it's been a while, so I just can't pull it out of my brain. I apologize. Uh, But I I got your fix. And thank you for the call.
1: All right, very good. The numbers again are 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. Or you can text us 81807, 81807. And uh, we do have a couple of more people who have texted us, JLo.
0: Yes. Uh, first, my wife forgot the sign on and password for an HP laptop. Is there anything we can do? And is there anything that husband can do now that he is out at his wife?
2: If it's a sure. Windows uh, 10 machine, that's going to be difficult. If it's a Windows 10 machine that has been set up with an online account to log in, nearly impossible. Unless you can go to another computer and go to your Microsoft account, and if you used an MSN email or a Live or an Outlook, and you can log into there and put your password back to what it was when you established your machine. This is generally the cause of this, is they're not coordinated with the email account they created when they first established the computer. Chances are they changed their email password, and then that threw off their login. Uh, that I could almost guarantee that's it. So if you can remember the original password and coordinate it with whatever account you set it up with, that's the easiest. Other than that, you got to buy software or give me a call and bring it over to my house so I can boot my software. And sometimes it works, but it's not a hundred percent. Uh, just so you know, it's, uh, to, Windows 10 is more secure than the rest of them. Piggybacking off of that question, uh,
0: You have operating systems that are operating with Microsoft Windows, whatever uh, version that it is, but you also have your web-based possibilities for Outlook. You have OneDrive accounts. You have all of that. Do you need to sync all of those passwords up for a login for Microsoft, for a login for
2: Outlook and MSN? No. No. And in fact, I encourage people not to. When they first establish that computer and Microsoft, their installation procedure makes this rather difficult. Um, I like local accounts on the computer. Once you're in, you can save that account in Outlook. You can save the password in your browsers if they're a good secure browser. I like keeping them separate. Another thing that people have a tendency to do, comes up and says, what's your email? And you put it in. Then it says, what's your password? It wants the password you're creating for your new Microsoft account with that email account. Many many people put in their email password, not best practices at all. Slow down, figure out what's what, and I understand we're all swimming in login credentials today, but this is important. Your computer should log on with its own account, and in my opinion, it should be a local account. That, that If the internet goes down, you can at least get on and do your stuff. And sometimes it, with some of the new versions of Windows, that's not possible. So yeah, and it is difficult. You got to keep. I don't even connect a Windows 10 machine to the internet until after I have that account established. If you tell it you got an internet before you get to that point, it's not going to let you go any farther until you do it their way. And I think it's just too invasive. It's just too much.
0: Okay. One more uh, text before we go to break. Uh, have a Lenovo ThinkPad laptop. With Windows 7 Pro instead of 7, can I load Chrome
2: OS on it? I believe you can. Um, You're going to have to use some caution in the BIOS, and you're probably going to have to get a boot manager of some type, and there are several out there that will work with this. Lenovo has a little bit different structure with their BIOS, Basic Input-Output System chip, which is really controlled by the UEFI, Unified Extensible Firmware Integration. And you're going to want to spend some time reading about Lenovo and how that works together. But a dual boot is more than possible. And in fact, even in Windows 7, this would be a great, great option. I love that Chrome OS. And I'm glad that, Mike, that Google is opening that up and allowing people to install that on their computers. You should also be checking out Linux. The Google Chrome, the Chrome OS and Linux, they're very similar. Very similar. And they work the same. They don't require any
1: antivirus or malware.
2: They're fast. It's all good. Uh, thank you for the text. That was a great
1: text. All right. Very good. We will go to break, but we do want to remind you, still time to uh, call us at 651-989-9226. 651-989-9226. Or you can text us, 81807. We'll get to Ron and Shoreview when we come back. It's a Tech Talk Saturday on News Talk 830-WCCO. Final minutes of a Tech Talk Saturday on News Talk 830-WCCO. The numbers are 651-989-9226. And, of course, a lot of people want to get a hold of Doug after the show during the week. How do they do that? Oh, thank you, Eric. Uh, 651
2: 552 9543 and WCCOTech.com, and the website's outdated. Don't follow any of the information. I'm trying to get it updated. But it's WCCOTech.com, W-C-C-O-T-E-C-H.com. At least the site will get you a phone number and email at the very least. And I got a guy working on it. It's coming. And I, I plan to put a ton of information on there, how to save Windows 7, how to set up Windows 10, give you links to a ton of the places where I go. I think it's going to be a decent site to look at.
1: But you're a busy and popular guy. I think it's easier to get in touch with the Pope than it is Doug Schwenhoff. Well, that's
2: that, – that. That someday, I like that. I would prefer that people get me answering the phone. And after Microsoft did this Windows 7 thing, my phone is coming off the hook. I'm averaging about 40 a day, somewhere around 100 to 150 emails a day. And then when they can't do that, they try to text. I'm not big on answering texts. I try. But, yeah, it's um, – Uh, more than a human man should have to endure. And I apologize to people I can't get to. I do the best I can, and eventually I'll get there. Hopefully you'll all believe that I'm worth waiting for. But uh, thank you for that. I appreciate that, Eric.
1: All right. You want phone conversation? You want to hear a live voice? We'll give you Ron in Shoreview. You're on Tech Talk. Hey, Ron, you ready?
3: Yep. What I've got is a Belkin router. It's old. I've got four Amazon Echoes. Uh, as of like a month ago, all of the echoes worked. Uh, right now I've got one of them working. Uh, my problem is with the setup, uh, the setup steps, they go okay until the last step where it asks for the router password. I enter that and I get the message invalid password. I know the password's correct. Uh, if I go farther away, like a couple floors away from the, equipment I the other day I was able to set up all four of them again but they lose connections like I said I'm down to one right now out of the four
2: I don't know round? that's um that's strange you should be able to connect when they're closer but unless the four of them I'm not certain I I'm I'm not certain to be honest. It's it almost sounds to me like you should be replacing the Belkin. Uh and routers today are extremely inexpensive. I do know that the specifics to connect like uh like an Alexa or, or a Google Home and there's several others, but um that that's the big thing with routers too, works with and then it gives you the list. I'm not certain if this is some kind of planned obsolescence or I, I don't know. If if you know the password, you got me convinced you do. Unless you've got these things already listed and they're not, but then why would they connect from a distance? I, I don't have an answer. That's um. I think you're looking at a new router. And you don't have to spend money, big money to get one. I would actually go to Amazon and check to see what they got and look for a refurb or a, they call it renewed now on Amazon. They don't call it refurbed anymore. And make sure you buy somebody that's uh, involved with Prime especially if you've got a prime account. If you don't have one, you should have. And just, yeah, you, I can't put a dollar value on your frustration, but it's probably less than 100 bucks. Thanks so, for the
1: call. Yep, rock and roll. Ron, uh, final seconds. Again, the number in the email, Doug?
2: Oh, uh, 651-552-9543, wcco WCO. TECH.com. And thank you, all the callers. Great calls today and texts.
1: All right, Doug, always good to share the airways with you. Our thanks to JLo Jonathan Lowe as well. It's 157 here on a Tech Talk Saturday on News Talk 830 WCCO. We really need new phones. T Mobile
0: will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? <laughs> it's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch